Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of stately Maine Manor, this is the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. Folks, did you have a great week? Did you have a great 4th of July? Did you celebrate your independence? Did you shoot off fireworks? I think whoever had the concessions on all the fireworks put out that if you shoot enough fireworks off, it'll actually cure the coronavirus because people were certainly doing a lot of shooting fireworks off. Thinking people just love fireworks. But anyway, we're back and we are looking today at the Saturday night's main event from March 1989, a show that is near and dear to my heart. I will explain as we go along. This was Saturday night's main event number 20. It was shown on NBC on March the 11th, 1989. It was taped February 16, 1989 from the Hershey Park Arena in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Vince McMahon narrates over videos of Miss Elizabeth with the Mega Powers and how she will choose tonight between them. We go to our opening credits. I like this opening better than the scripted promos that they normally do. Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura welcome us to the show. Jesse is wearing a Yale sweatshirt. Jesse dominates the conversation, much to Vince's consternation. I am not a poet. Mean Gene Oakland interviews Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan. They are looking to take out Brutus Beefcake tonight. They promise a rude awakening if Beefcake tries the sleeper. There's a weird cut here in the video, and I don't know what they took out. The audio is off too. Jesse and Vince are way too loud here. Mean Gene interviews Brutus Beefcake. He says, after the strutting comes the cutting. Brutus Beefcake versus Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan. Rude has a picture of the Ultimate Warrior on the back of his tights. Rude is among the best wrestlers in the world at this time, and it shows. Andre the Giant comes down to ringside during the match. Beefcake is thrown outside and attacked by Andre until Jake Roberts comes down to ringside with Damien. Rude and Andre double-team Roberts. The bell rings repeatedly. Beefcake comes back and attacks Rude. Andre boots out Roberts and attacks Beefcake until Big John Stud comes out. The WrestleMania 5 build-up is strong already. Andre and Stud stand toe-to-toe until Roberts throws Damien in. And Andre says, see ya. Beefcake wins by disqualification. Hulk Hogan vows that Bad News Brown will pay for what he has said about Miss Elizabeth. So then we go to Jesse Ventura, who interviews Bad News Brown, who claims Liz has done favors for Jack Tunney in exchange for special treatment. And folks, even though it's 1989, he's not talking about she went and picked up some groceries for Jack Tunney. No, he's talking about 
sexual favors. This is very risque talk for 1989 WWF. Bad News says he doesn't care if it's Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage in his way. Mean Gene then interviews Hulk Hogan and Miss Elizabeth. Mean Gene tries to give context, but Hogan tells him to shut up and not spread those lies that Bad News Brown tells. He also says Randy Savage has hurt Liz by putting Liz between the mega powers. He's sticking up for Liz tonight and against Randy Savage at WrestleMania 5. Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth versus Bad News Brown. Jesse says it looks like Liz has already chosen. An even-paced match with both men brawling in and out of the ring. Brown looks for something under the ring that goes, then goes to the back and comes back with some type of a shovel. Hogan throws him back in before he can use it. Brown goes after Liz at one point, but Hogan stops it. Brown grabs the mic and puts Hogan down. He misses the ghetto blaster. Hulk up time. Big boot, leg drop, and pin. Lather, rinse, repeat. Liz claps. Hogan must pose. Then, for bonus content, Liz poses too. Vince wonders what's going through Randy Savage's mind. Chesty says jealousy and that Hogan is a backstabber. Savage is then shown pacing in front of Liz's door. Mean Gene interviews Ted DiBiase and Virgil. DiBiase shows off the million dollar belt for the first time. Mean Gene then interviews the Blue Blazer. He plans to go up in the air to defeat the million dollar man. There is a very, very, underline, very, Awkward moment here. I had not realized it when I had watched this show before. I had seen it a couple of times. And it's one of those yikes moment. Because as we all know, the Blue Blazer was Owen Hart. And it would be under this guise again that 10 years and 2 months from this date, Owen Hart tragically passed away. Don't need to go over everything that happened at Over the Edge again, but during this interview, Owen says that if he has to, he'll go off the top rope, he'll go up in the sky, he'll even go from the rafters to go after and get the million dollar man. It gave me chills when I heard that, folks. Ted DiBiase with Virgil versus the Blue Blazer. Owen is in there just to get DiBiase over. They work well together. Owen hits a nice tope on DiBiase, but DiBiase wins after a power slam. They then show Randy Savage continue pacing. Okay, folks, before this next section, I have to tell you my story. I remember this day with almost perfect clarity. March 11, 1989, my hometown, Macon, North Carolina, a really small town in North Carolina on the border with Virginia, north of Raleigh. On this day, Macon turned 100. It was the biggest day in Macon's history up to that point. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people there. Big celebration. We had a huge celebration for the town everybody was there 
My friends and I were just loving it. We piled around for a while and then must have conned somebody to let us run the cotton candy machine. 50 cents for a tube of cotton candy. We make it up right there. They showed us how to do it. We were just raking in money hand over fist. Having a great time. Well, they were also selling chicken plates from the fire department. And my family invited everybody over. My parents still live in this house, my childhood home. I grew up there. My father was born there. It is just, it's home. It's a big two-story home. And I had discovered several weeks before this that... From the second floor, we have, you, you go down steps, there's a landing that you turn, you go down some more steps. Well, that first set of steps, if you went over, I could slide down the banister. It was, it, it was just great. My older sister ratted me out one day after she saw me doing this and told my parents and my dad told me not to do that anymore well I didn't up until this date had a bunch of friends over we were upstairs playing Nintendo after dinner and uh, my cousins and family friends we were going downstairs for something everybody else was still playing video games and they started to go down and I'm there and I get the brilliant idea to show off and so I said to them let me show you the the fast way down the quick way down and so I put my left leg over you gotta get settled and I hadn't gotten settled quite right there I didn't get equal but I started to slide and I slid off held on for a second on the banister and then fell probably 15 feet to the ground. Landed on my back. I think the second or so that I hung on probably saved my life and saved me from a hurt back. But I fell backwards at a 90 degree angle and just landed straight on my back on the ground. Shook the whole house. They said they knew exactly what had happened. They called the ambulance. I had to take my first ambulance ride. My mom went with me. They take x-rays. Thankfully, I don't have anything but a very sore back. I'm not damaged in any way. Nothing cut. Nothing broken. Thank, thank goodness. But my dad comes and... I get signed out of the hospital and had actually left to just go eat dinner and had left my best friend Bubba doing these cotton candy. And I said that I would be back after dinner. Never did come back. I'm sorry, Bubba. Thankfully, I know that he is no longer there holding the bag and making the cotton candy. He did eventually go home. Get signed. I get signed out of the hospital and come home. 
uncle, aunt, cousins are still there because they have to stay with my other sisters and clean up and all that good stuff. And he's watching this, and it's this section that they have gotten to by the time we get home. And I'll never forget, my dad asked him, what's happening there? <laughs> and my uncle says, this gal has to choose between these two guys. And my dad says something like, oh, typical. That's just the way that it is. So anyway, that is the story of my fall and Saturday night's main event. I remember this one like it was yesterday. The fall of making NC, the first time I ever glimpsed a Saturday night's main event. Mean Gene brings Miss Elizabeth out. He asks her whose corner she's going to be in at WrestleMania 5. And as she answers, someone yells, be in my corner. Liz said that this is the hardest decision of her life. She says she won't be in Hogan's corner, which brings out Randy Savage. He says that she's going to be in his corner, but she says no. Savage gets pissed, but Hogan comes out. He says that he respects Liz too much to take Savage's head off right there. But he's going to get his belt back at WrestleMania 5. Vince and Jesse surmise that she will be in a neutral corner. Jesse says that she's a two-timer who will go with whoever the winner is. Mean Gene talks to the Brain Busters and Bobby Heenan. They are tired of the Rockers and taking them out is the first step towards the championship. Jesse says Bobby Heenan has a master plan for the night. Mean Gene then interviews the Rockers. They say both teams are winners, but they're going to keep it in the ring. The Rockers Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty versus the Brain Busters Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson with Bobby Heenan. This is a good match between two good teams. Heenan pulls the top rope down and Michaels goes sailing over it. In retaliation, the referee throws Heenan out. The Brain Busters are masters at cheating. Anderson hits a nice spine buster. All four men brawl outside. The bell rings. They come back inside. The Rockers hit the double drop kick on Anderson and Blanchard. A double count out. Flashbacks to the breakup between Bobby Heenan and the Red Rooster, including the Brooklyn Brawler attacking Rooster on primetime. Jesse Ventura interviews Heenan and Brawler, who says he's going to embarrass the Red Rooster and not let Bobby Heenan down. Mean Gene interviews the Red Rooster who says he is somebody and that he's going to beat Heenan. The Red Rooster versus the Brooklyn Brawler with Bobby Heenan. Heenan is miked for sound again at ringside. Rooster wins with a small package after a short match. Double team on the Rooster afterwards. Mean Gene interviews Randy Savage. He says he doesn't need anybody. He's the champion. He tears apart the dressing room and then... They sign off from Hershey. Hey folks, if you like the show, please leave a review in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at the Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately, Maine, Manor.
The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media.